Hi, everyone. Welcome back to Here's Why I'm Crying, a podcast all about the crazy emotional life of a writer slash musician slash podcaster slash professional crybaby. <laughs> um, so you can now follow us at facebook.com slash hwicpod to stay up to date. Um, I'm really excited to announce that I'm working on some interviews uh, coming up. So after I put the podcast out on Facebook, uh, sort of like unveiled it to my friends or whatever um, I realized like there are a lot of incredible artists on my dream interview list and I think that I will end up doing a lot of those kind of interviews in the future so even if you don't like me or you think I'm boring uh, stay tuned because there are a lot more interesting people uh, coming up in the future all right uh, so today I wanted to talk about something that I think is a part of <laughs> most of our lives, whether we engage or not, and that is social media drama. So uh, social media, it's kind of like this tightrope we're all walking, um, and yet we all <laughs> continually choose to do it. We need to do it. Um, but I think a lot of people have their own like philosophies about social media. But as a highly sensitive person, um, when we log on and log off of the internet, it's not like you're just entering and exiting a different world. It's not like you can just turn off your emotions or it's not like we flip some sort of filter um, that changes what we take in. Uh, so just to go ahead and get into it, uh, I wanted to get down to some of the uh, fundamentals about about around social media and around, around how I think about it. Um, okay, so a lot of people will... Like, if you get really worked up or if they see someone upset on the internet, they'll really laugh at you and say, like, oh, it's calm down. It's just the internet. I, like, despise this. Uh, it's not just the internet. I mean, if you were to, like, die battling a monster in World of Warcraft, that's just the internet. If you can't find the right item you're looking for on a Google search, that's just the internet. But words and images are not the work of some mysterious web god. Like, those are posted by people. And it's usually people that you know. And there's no medium that excuses what gets said. I mean, when is it acceptable to say something racist or homophobic or hateful? Is it okay to write it down and mail it in a postmarked envelope? Is it okay to paint it on a canvas and hang it in your hallway? Is it okay to email it? Why do so many people think that everything can be excused just because it was typed on a meme or written as a, a public status? It's not. I mean, if you write those words, I don't care how many emojis you added or what gifts you put behind it. Those are real words that you wrote and real people are going to read them and have real feelings about it. Um, I don't, if you can't understand that, maybe the, this isn't the podcast for you. Um, I would that that seems like you'd be an emotionless robot to me. So I, I don't know why so many people sort of deny that or treat it as its other its own other world. Um, but to start off, it's not. The internet is a part of real life. It is a part of the real world. Now, I'm sure in the year 2019, uh, we have all heard of the term gaslighting. Uh, but basically what that is is when you say or do something and then you deny the other person's response or you call them crazy. So lately I've been really feeling like social media is just the number one source of gaslighting. So, you know, you, you get on and you make a, a status that is just ignorant or, 
you know, you know, is going to strike drama and then you tell everyone else to calm down. Um, people who do that just aren't very nice people or they're at least not very mature people. Um, so if you feel like that's you, it's okay to just become a little self-aware. Um, either you can choose to not post provocative things or you can have adult conversations when someone responds. Uh, it's kind of like, like imagine you're going out to a movie with your friends and saying something like, oh, I thought that movie sucked. And then your friends are like, oh, really? I liked it because blah, blah, blah. And imagine just turning to them and saying, um, okay, what the fuck? No one asked you. This is my status and I can say whatever I want. <laughs> like, no, you, you wouldn't have any friends. And um, in this age of like social media everywhere, and this is how we communicate most, I really think that it is no wonder that most of us feel like we don't have friends. And I know I've been guilty of it too, posting inflammatory statuses, posting like a, a really cheeky meme, and then getting upset with people's responses and then wondering why it feels like you have no friends because, quote, that's just the internet. Um, and I'm going to circle back to intentions with that. Um, but on a similar note, I, with the whole, it's just the internet thing, people seem to think that it's also okay to share hateful memes or make bigoted comments or just say mean things on the internet because they're nice in real life. And I just want to take this moment up front to say that's just not true. Um, I have a full episode planned for people who <laughs> wrongly think that they are nice people, um, which is a, just a really tricky, weird group that I have found myself entangled in uh certain people but uh but this is sort of beyond that this we we sort of excuse other people's behavior because it's quote just the internet but if you would share a racist meme online you're racist or if you would say something hurtful to a stranger online then i'm sure that you have unkind thoughts about strangers in the real world too it's ridiculous to separate the two worlds. Whatever beliefs you share in memes, just don't pretend that they're not your real beliefs. They are. Um, okay. Another sort of like fundamental uh, that I wanted to mention is just the idea of getting off of social media altogether. So most of my close friends and even some of my family members have had a social media detox at one point or another. It spans age, race, gender, political party. We all get so sick of the negativity and uh, just people disagreeing with us. And most of us end up taking a break. And some people stay off forever. So I just wanted to briefly mention why that's not for me and why I don't think it's particularly helpful to you either. So when you get off social media, it's running away from something. Everyone blames Facebook, like Mark Zuckerberg is sitting there calling you fat or taunting you with pictures of a new house you'll never have or screaming in your ear that your family is all super racist. Um, and it's really not like that. Facebook itself is not to blame. And we went many years on social media before this became what I think is the general consensus. Uh, not that people were always nice on the internet, but I think that this everyone around you feeling like the internet is just a bad place I think that's a fairly new thing like I don't think we really felt that way when we were like sharing glittery gifs on um myspace you know <laughs> and this isn't to shade anyone who wants to say off of social media um you know that's your choice and you 
do you do what's right for you. But um, what I really mean is, I mean this as an enlightening thing that I've finally come to accept. Uh, whatever your problem you're having with social media is within your life and not the internet. So like for me, when I took Facebook breaks in the past, it was usually because I had landed myself in big arguments and I got really upset. But what I've come to realize is that Facebook didn't create the arguments I did. And I couldn't understand that at the time because my intentions for the post were all good. And I was sharing things that I thought would encourage people to be kinder, to do better. And these were topics on which we can all learn, topics on which I had recently learned. And I thought, wow, I've learned so much. And I had fixed so many of my own problematic behaviors. And I thought, like, I'm a better person now. I'm doing better. I want to share that with everyone. You know, you get excited at and so you sort of try and teach people. And uh, there, are a few, there are a few fatal flaws. Um, so I'm going to break them down into four, into four little categories. One, I gave people way too much credit. Two, I was not thoughtful in my wording. Three, I was not prepared and educated in my debates. And four, I was too focused on winning or being right. So let's uh, talk about these one by one, uh, giving people too much credit. I see the best in people. I honestly do. So this is one that I will probably always struggle with. Um, but there is a skill to be honed, and it's reading and understanding people. Like I have certain family members who I know will never actually think and consider someone else's point of view. People who don't want to learn, don't care what you have to say, in the past, I would have tried to debate with those people or let my friends debate with them. Um, and again, it's, it's because I I want to share the great things I've learned and I see the best. I think like, oh, look, you can be better. And I, I think that everyone wants to be better, but everyone uh, really doesn't necessarily want to be better. And, and now I know that there's no point in having those uh, interactions. If one of those people leaves a comment that I disagree with now, I'll usually just ignore it. Like if it's something I think will start an epic argument with my friends, I will delete my entire post or I'll delete their comment, like depending on what the topic is or what the comment said was. Um, and if not, then I just particularly like, will completely ignore it. Um, and those are family members. But I've also had to get to know my friends and I've learned to be more selective about who I filter into my life. Um a few years ago, I started fresh, and I made a whole new Facebook. Um, you guessed it. I had crazy shit going on in my own life, my real life, not the Facebook world, but I took it out on Facebook, stopped using my old Facebook account, and started new. But it was a good thing because when I added friends after that, I was very selective about um, who I accepted. So I didn't add people just because I knew them. I remember I got a friend request from a boy that I knew growing up, gr growing up. I guess he's a man now. It's so weird. It's so weird like that we're old. <laughs> Anyways, um, but growing up, I knew him. And so in middle school, I had a crush on this guy. And he did not reciprocate. And then in high school, he became a part of this really small crowd of kids who thought they were cooler than everyone else. Our school wasn't really like that. Like my high school wasn't super clicky. Um, but there was like a, pre a small group of kids who like really thought they were better than everyone else. And he was in it. Um, it's not that they were like mean or like hazing people. It's just that they were kind of snotty. Um, so anyways, like I got this request and I just like, I laughed. I was like, why is this guy friend requesting me? We have nothing to talk about. I have no interest in him. So, I mean, even though I wasn't like still 
hurt that he didn't want to go out with me and this is the seventh grade dance. <laughs> um, even though I couldn't give a shit who thought I was cool in high school. Like, I'm past that, of course. But I just felt like there was no reason for us to be friends. Um, the only distant memories I had of him weren't particularly positive and we don't live in the same area or do, you know, whatever. So I didn't accept the firm request. And I, like... I did it unapologetically. Like, I deleted a lot of friends on Facebook during that time of my life. Anyone who didn't bring me joy, I'm not trying to, like, Marie Kondo your friends list. Um, I'm sorry if that if that analogy was incorrect because I have not watched that. <laughs> I have not watched that or read her book or whatever. Um, but basically, that really is um, how I filtered my friends list. Anyone who didn't bring me joy, anyone, um, you know, that just didn't bring anything positive to my life. I, um, like if it was someone that I couldn't delete though, maybe it's because we're like involved in each other's life, like a family member, or if it's like a coworker, um, then I would just unfollow them. And again, like their negativity on their page doesn't filter into my world. The only way would be if they commented on my post. And usually people like that, it's rare. So being selective like that really did make a big difference and it did cut down on the drama uh, but isn't just enough to like unfriend and unfollow people so like I mentioned before if someone is unkind on the internet they're unkind in real life no excuses I don't have any sort of like limitation here like if you're mean online you're just not a nice person um and I think it's very telling too. And it's another reason that I don't advocate deleting your social media. It, like if part of your problem is that people are making you feel badly, then it's a good thing to know who you do and do not want in your life. And uh, people are really chicken shit in reality. So like at, at a friend brunch or like at a barbecue or something, all you might get are a couple of backhanded comments that you'll replay in your mind over and over again until you've convinced yourself that you're making something out of nothing. It sits in the back of your mind and it slowly poisons you and, you know, it's it's not – it's something that you have to really think through. But on Facebook, you get on and you get to read it all in black and white, clear as day. And don't you want to clear those people out of your life? Um, and that person might not even have to be mean to you, but if they're mean to other people, like – it's very telling about the kind of person that they are. And I know that not everyone will agree on this. And many people believe in looking past people's flaws and giving everyone lots of chances. And if someone has a good heart, then of course, you know, of course, if someone that you love has a good heart, none of us are perfect. People deserve chances and everyone has flaws. But when a person always finds a way to make you feel bad, a lot of the time it's just so microaggressive that it takes years for you to really pinpoint that that person is actually just making your life worse. But Facebook shows you in big, bold letters who's not very nice and who has some not very nice things to say. So to me, it's a time saver. I don't want any of that bullshit in my life. So unfollow, unfriend, goodbye. I have no problem cutting people off who are not, who are not nice. Uh, like, I want my circle absolutely to be just filled with kind and loving people. And everybody's welcome to that party. Like, you know, I, I it's not that I don't want friends, but... That's the only people I want there is people who are enthusiastically kind, enthusiastically good. I don't want anybody who's bringing in drama, bringing in negativity, making, having unkind things to say, making people feel bad about themselves. Um, okay. So point two was that I was not very thoughtful in my wording on my posts. 
Uh, this is like a craft that has taken years to master and I'm not, I'm working harder at it every day still. So many of the debates we have online are actually not about the topic at all. They're purely semantic or they're mostly like name calling. Um, and so I really want to stress the importance of this one when it comes to both reading and writing online comments. Um, because this point right here is probably the number one action that stopped me from crying all the time. So nobody says what they mean. Every debate we have can probably be turned into something obscure and philosophical. So like, let's just talk about gun, gun loss as an example. Um, and just for the record on this podcast, like, I, because this is about living a sensitive life, I will, um, talk about the things that I've consumed and things that I've, I've read and, and everything, but I'm, uh, this isn't to have a political debate. It's, I'm just going to give you examples of things that, you know, I've, I've witnessed. So gun laws, um, we can, we don't, you know, we can read people saying, don't take my guns versus you don't need a gun. When the real debate here is something more like limiting personal liberties and the ability to take one's personal safety into one's own hands versus placing one's personal safety and liberties over the safety of others. I mean, I think it sounds a lot nicer when we say it that way, doesn't it? And it also makes you realize how gray things can be. I mean, you can argue no one needs a gun, but it's pretty tough to argue no one needs to be allowed to protect the safety of themselves in their homes. And vice versa, you can argue that your rights are important, but it's kind of hard to argue that your safety is more important than everyone else's. And looking at debates this way, in more vague and more philosophical terms has really enabled me to see other points of view, has really helped me to practice empathy, and it's also really helped me to come to a middle ground. We have these two impossible decisions here, my safety or everyone else's. And rather just than just flinging insults at one another and yelling about which one is right, which is an argument that no one can ever win, we should really focus on how we can both meet in the middle. How can we maintain personal freedoms and safety while also not putting other safety at risk. And I won't answer the gun control, gun control question because that's not the point. Like I said, the point is that you can do this with most debates. And if you can, if it's a very black and white issue, then at this point in the conversation, you'll usually have discovered that the person with whom you're speaking is either ill-informed, is ill-informed either intentionally or unintentionally. And when we circle back to point one, where you figure out whether this person can be educated. So, you know, maybe people, some people don't want to learn because they're bigoted. <laughs> some people simply don't realize that they're misinformed or uneducated. And that, like I said, circles back to the first point. You can figure out, is this a person who cares how they come off and would appreciate being enlightened? Or is this a person that is not worth me expending um, you know, my energy on and really like risking getting hurt feelings for. Uh, but yeah, distancing, distancing yourself from the argument and being level-headed is really hard to do when someone has insulted you. So really think about your wording before you comment. One thing that I always do is type my comment and then I go back and see how many you's I can remo remove. People hate to be told you. Like using gun control again, uh, one could say, you are putting millions of lives at risk when you enable anyone to purchase a gun without regulations. And between the lines, that says you're responsible for school shootings. And it, that's really not a big leap to make. Or one could say, 
If we require mental health checks or stronger vetting for gun purchases, we could severely reduce the number of homicides and accidental deaths. Which one would you rather hear? Because usually people believe what they believe for a positive reason. Um, again, maybe that's me just seeing the best in people, but most people who are against gun control, it's not because they want little kids to accidentally pull grandma's handgun and shoot her in the Walmart. <laughs> you know, it's happened, but that's not why they want gun control. Like the pe these people are usually passionate because they are fierce protectors, parents. Uh, they may be survivors of assault. They believe what they believe for positive reasons, not negative. And so attacking those beliefs is an attack on them. It's an attack on um, maybe their past. It's an attack on something that they mean really well in. And we can, we just can't all assume that we know best and that we know everything. So I do my absolute best to just remove the use in a comments that I really feel like it isn't attacking someone at all and I just want my statements to be productive not argumentative like you know I get it you think that a is true I can give you a reason why it's not but beyond that let's move on to something productive like great a great alternative that could make us both happy or at the very least you know using reasoning that doesn't just point fingers another uh, really powerful tool in this point is preventative empathy so one of my beliefs I hold strongly, and I, I don't mind stating here um, which side I'm on, is that I am against routine infant circumcision. And again, I don't have time in this particular episode to really dive into uh, the specifics of the debate. Um, but in my experience when, um, when discussing it, I have found that the two people who are extremely defensive in this debate are moms who have had their sons circumcised and men who are circumcised. Uh, so my beliefs, though, have nothing negative to say about either of those people. My beliefs are about a baby boy born today and tomorrow and next week. A baby boy who is still able to be saved and to enjoy having his full anatomy. So it just doesn't do anyone any good to judge a mom for a past decision. And as for grown men, well, I just don't care what's going on in their pants. Uh, this isn't about what grown men decide to do with their penises. This is about new babies. So every time that I've met one of those two people, um, every time one of them has like commented me defensively, I never take it personally and I never get upset because I get it. Um, I'm a mom. I understand how absolutely agonizing it would be to be told that I did something wrong and as a woman I've been told all my life by individuals by the media you know etc that my body isn't good enough so those men I get that too I get why those two people are defensive so I don't wait for those people to tell me they're offended um I am already empathetic to them I already know that I've removed the use I've been as casual and calm and I've tried to put as much emotion aside as possible so I know why they're upset and it has nothing to do with me. So I offer this what I'm calling preventative empathy. I say something like, hey mama, I get it. I would feel really frustrated too if someone indicated that I made a poor decision for my son, but this is absolutely no judgment on your past decisions. The reason that I share this research is to help moms make educated decisions for their next son. 
things like that. I'm very upfront before anyone can stew on the fact that they've been mom shamed. And I, I just nip that right away by saying, hey, I'm not mom shaming you. And mom shaming is lousy and it's unnecessary. I just want to help. I want to bring something positive to light for the future. All these things have made a world of difference for me. And I truly, they truly have helped me to, um, to talk me down from those past Facebook debates where my blood was boiling and I was crying. Everything felt sick and personal. Uh, that was, that was all too common for me. And, in, you know, these things in the past have really, really changed my experience with the internet like that. So please keep in mind, nothing is about you and everyone is focused on themselves. If someone is lashing out at you, ask yourself why. Ask yourself what they might be feeling. Put yourself in their shoes and extend a little grace, a little kindness. It it really feels good for people on both sides. Um, and recognize that you can't convert everyone in Facebook conversation, but every discussion is worth having because every discussion uh, plants seeds. Like back to the topic of routine infant circumcision. Like some of my friends who are activists um, have shared these amazing screenshots where a friend messaged them and said something like, Hey, I wanted you to know that your words impacted me. I did research and we are not circumcising. Or, hey, I wanted to reach out and apologize for lashing out at you a few months ago. I watched, I recently watched the um, American Circumcision documentary and I totally understand now. So thank you for sharing that. You're making, um, you're making a bigger difference than you realize. And even if it's just a stupid meme, but I, you know, I think that, you only make that difference if you're kind and civil. If you lash out and argue, I don't think you really teach anyone anything. And you don't change anyone's hearts. So, the last two points um, that I were that I wasn't educated and I wasn't prepared. And that I was too concerned about winning and being right. So, I'm just going to kind of lump them together a little bit. Um, you don't have to be a certified expert to hold beliefs and debate them, but if you're passionate enough about something to debate it, then research, more research is always good. So circling back to routine infant circumcision, I'm in a Facebook group about activism and I like a few pages. So this just keeps my knowledge fresh and sharp because these are the first places where people are publishing articles and memes and statistics. And of course you can fact check those, but you can also uh, witness other debates in the comments too until you really feel ready to have one yourself. So I do just want to pause here though, because at this point, some of you are definitely saying, um, okay, why doesn't she just shut up and keep her opinions to herself? Two quick reasons. One, I can't. When I'm passionate about something, I just can't be quiet about it. And I don't think anyone has to be quiet about something they're passionate about. And two, I do. Any belief that doesn't like burn me up inside is uh, usually a belief that I'm quiet about or I'll mention it occasionally or very gently. But um, the beliefs on which I'm outspoken are like usually they have to do with standing up for others. Like baby boys who can't speak for themselves, of course. So honestly, like which is the bigger crime to you? Letting someone face something harmful, knowing full well you might be able to prevent it, or pissing off your second cousin once removed who you see once every five years. I know that I'm thoughtful and kind and empathetic about sharing this information. I know that I'm doing it for a good reason. So 
if someone still gets pissed off, if someone still has a problem with it, honestly, I see that as their problem. When we choose silence over action for those worse off than us, we accept that we deserve to have a better, safer life than others. And that is not, that's something I will never accept. So I will never shut up, not on Facebook, not on podcasts, um, even sometimes at protests. Like that's what's in my blood. And I, I think that we are all called to do that. I don't think that any of us are excused from standing up for what we truly believe is right and good. Um, I just had to cut, I had to cut and put that in there. I guess I should have put it at the top, but, um, yeah, because I get I I've gotten that from a lot of people. But I was like, just don't say anything. No, I think you absolutely should say something. And I don't see anything wrong with using Facebook as a medium if you are doing it thoughtfully, um, which is really what this whole episode's about. So anyway, um, pre- returning to the preparedness, uh, a lot of times in the past when I was like flustered during debates, it was because I wasn't as educated as I wanted to be. So I would like scramble for facts I had heard months prior. I was just search for articles I could no longer find. I was frustrated with myself for not remembering, for not having the right words. Uh, so there's two solutions. One, wait to debate until you actually know off the top of your head that the male foreskin contains 20,000 nerve endings compared to the 8,000 found in the female clitoris. Or wait to debate until you have an extensive blog written by a pastor about why Jesus doesn't want us to circumcise anymore. Um, chock full of Bible verses and quotes. Um, wait until you have a response prepared for every possible objection. Or, two, have the debate and be honest with yourself and with others admit when you don't know something and share what you do know. So, or you could say, you know, I'm not really sure about that. I'm still learning myself, but here's the title of a great documentary and here's a fantastic website if you'd like to do some more research as well. And feel free to inbox me anytime if you'd like to chat further. And best yet, combine those things. Educate yourself. Wait to talk. Wait until you you feel really comfortable and really confident and then talk about what you really know and admit when you're unsure. And this ties into the bit about intentions too. Sometimes we don't admit um, that we don't know something because we're proud and that really clouds our good intentions. Like we might start off a debate or a post with a really good and kind and loving intention Uh, But then when someone argues, and maybe that person isn't as thoughtful and empathetic as you are, and maybe they're saying hurtful things toward you personally, it's easy to forget that you're speaking from a place of love. And it's really easy to feel attacked and to just want to be right or win the argument. So, like I mentioned earlier, you don't have to win for a seed to be planted. So, really remember that before you let a conversation go south, um, before you let that potential seed be ruined, remind yourself why you're even putting yourself in the position to be judged or ridiculed. And the internet is great because while one person might argue with you, literally hundreds or more might read your comments and not respond, but they may still be forever changed. Their eyes may be opened, honestly. So don't do yourself or your cause a disservice by lashing out or getting consumed with your own pride. Just take a second, really humble yourself and, you know, chuck out the idea of winning or losing. Everything we say and everything we do affects every single person around us. Remember that. You have a lot to teach others, and you've also got a lot to learn. So just don't ruin that beautiful experience with your own pride. You know, let that experience be something that you enjoy, that you embrace. 
now. Um, all that I've said has really made a huge impact on my life as a whole because I love the part of myself that is an intactivist. I love the part of myself who stands up for those who have a harder go at life or at a disadvantage. I, I That's something I love about myself. And the better job I do about representing those causes, the better I feel and the happier I am and the more good I feel about my life as a whole. But there's one final word to mention and it is the exception. So firstly, we all fall short. There was a friend of mine um, arguing with me via Messenger, so it wasn't public, and she had been sort of on my last nerve before all this anyway, just constantly posting inflammatory things, which, as I mentioned, helped no one, and really, it just felt like she just found herself to be better than everyone else, and I really didn't like it. She literally always had something to say, like, on all my posts, and anyway, the message that she sent me was really not nice. But looking back, maybe her intentions weren't bad, but the message just struck the worst chord with me because it implied something about my financial state. And this was at a time when I was literally living off canned beans and like sweet potatoes I got from the food bank and bread. So like it just made me feel really angry and it hurt a lot. Um, And I responded just saying, fuck you. And I blocked her. And uh, that's um, one regret that I've had. Just because I shouldn't have responded at all. And I don't think anyone needs to just say fuck you to anyone else. Um, And it's not very nice and it's not helpful. But I have forgiven myself uh, for the fact that, like I said, we do all fall short. And uh, this isn't someone I wanted to remain in my life anyway. So I'm like, I'm okay with uh, the fact that we aren't friends anymore. Um, It was time for our relationship to be over (laughs) anyway because like I mentioned before she is not one of the people that was bringing joy into my life and she needed to go um but it still taught me that I really need to go forward with more patience because like I don't want to say that to someone again I don't want that I don't want to be that person um okay and then then there's I have another bizarre story (laughs) um it was this girl Jackie and uh we were friends and she we were, like, actually friends, like, not just, like, Facebook friends, and, um, she was, like, so rude, and just, like, being childish on one of my statuses, and she just treated me really the way you would treat someone that you didn't like at all, let alone someone you call friend, she, like, she had been invited to my wedding, um, she, but she just, like, really flipped out on me, and then she blocked me, and it really hurt my feelings so much, because, like I said, we were friends at the time and then the very moment she saw we disagreed on something she had no problem just ending our entire friendship and this wasn't like how I said earlier that some people are worth dropping this is wasn't like the last example where our friendship had run its course like I didn't feel that way about her and I don't think that I gave her a reason to feel that way about me but anyway she unblocked me a month later and started commenting again continuing to argue on the status so I deleted the post and waited for her to message me I really thought that she would message me at least to talk maybe even to apologize or just make some sort of effort to resolve things but she never did um and I'm over it now but it really hurt at the time one of my just amazing friends Amanda um they were friends as well. We were, but we both came from a 
group. We all three came from a, the same group. But anyway, Amanda like saw the whole thing go down and she said something like, I'm over her anyway. And <laughs> she unfriended her too. And it felt really nice to have someone like have my back about it all. And actually another friend messaged me too and said that Jackie girl seriously doesn't get you. Uh, no one who knows you could possibly think you're the way that she's describing you. And that meant a lot too. Those kind words from friends really did help me heal. And now I can see that it was true. Like Jackie didn't really see me for who I really was. And that's why I wanted to close with this story. Um, like everything I've left you with today should really help reduce the pain and the insanity and the chaos that happens from sharing opinions on Facebook um, because those are all about missteps and mistakes and um, it's it's all it was all actionable but there will always be situations where you get upset and fall short and there will always be situations where other people just don't get you and are so narcissistic and so wrapped up in their own arrogance their own self that they don't even care to try and basically those are just not your people you know find your people let them love you and just let go of you know the people who are not um are not willing to meet you somewhere or not aren't interested in really understanding your your heart all right so anyway, these lessons were so important to me, and I think if we could all learn them, we could communicate so much more clearly and live so much more happily, too. So I really hope that you guys enjoyed it. Um, the last thing I wanted to leave you with is a quote, and I plan to start closing out each episode with one of these. Um, so this week's quote comes from George Eliot, and it says, It's never too late to be who you might have been. All right, guys. Thank you so much. I hope everyone has a fantastic week.